0: Hello, welcome to Loving Susan, a podcast full of helpful ideas for those who love someone with a mental illness, such as depression, anxiety disorder, OCD, PTSD, BPD, bipolar, or schizophrenia. From Alexandra Georges, author of Mom and Me, My Journey with Mom's Schizophrenia. Welcome to our show. Hello, welcome. I'm Alexandra, and I'm so glad you tuned in today for another one of my podcasts. Today, I'm going to talk about how does a parent's mental illness affect their children. That's a tough subject to even bring up, but I think we need to think about it and dwell on it and understand that better. So I'm going to dive into that today. Now, the bottom line is it kind of depends, of course, like most things in life. Before I go into more about that, I want to ask you a question. What do Marilyn Monroe and Alan Alda have in common? Marilyn Monroe and Alden, Alan Alda. Okay, you probably, probably just said, oh, they're both actors. Yes, they were both have been actors. Or you might have said they both acted in comedies, primarily comedies. Yes, although they both did dramas. But yes, they were both comedic actors primarily. But did you know that both of them had a mom who had schizophrenia. I bet you didn't know that. That's right, both Marilyn Monroe and Ellen Alda's mothers both had schizophrenia. Now one of those two people died of a drug overdose at a very young age, 36 years old. She had three failed marriages, and in all her acting that she did, she only received one Golden Globe Award. For the other, he's still with us today at the ripe old age of 84, He's been married to the same woman for 63 years at this time. He has three children and eight grandchildren, and he's won six Emmys and six Golden Globe Awards. Both of them had a mom with schizophrenia. One has done really well in his life, right? Wow, we would probably say yes, I would love to have that kind of life, be married that long and have all those children and those accolades in my career. And the other, well, troubled life, harder life, short life, right? So what that tells you is that we're not all the same, right? That we all don't turn out the same, us kids who have a parent with mental illness, people with a mental illness, they're not all the same. And that is why it is a depends answer. The people are different. But there have been some studies, not a lot, a few, about this area, of you know, this group of people, the kids with a parent with, with a mental illness, And so I'm going to tell you some of the things that we commonly experience and what makes some kids more resilient than others and just good, good advice along the way. So part of the depends is kind of how the parent is doing with their mental illness. There's a lot of factors like, do they know they have one? you know, schizophrenia has got, one of the symptoms of it is lack of awareness that they have the illness so they can stay sick a lot longer because they don't know they have it. Or is it hard for them to accept their illness? There's a lot of stigma. It's very difficult to um, sometimes for many many people to accept that this is their their fate, right? And then there's the treatment uh, challenge that for many people it takes many attempts at medications and treatments before one is effective and is tolerable. So all that can take a lot of time. And the longer that takes from being sick to getting stable and the more the children are exposed, the more consequences on the kids, basically, right? So if you are a parent with a mental illness, the best thing you can do is get as healthy as possible as soon as possible. I mean, it's just true for them. This will help you be a great parent to them. I do know people who have mental illnesses who have done really well getting a treatment that kept them their illness um, stabilized and they're great parents so it definitely doesn't mean you can't be a great parent if you have a mental illness it does mean you got to work hard and get to that point and it is hard work absolutely so that's a kind of overall um, you know summary um, also the studies have shown that while there are a lot of difficult things that kids typically experience when their parent has a mental illness, there's also some positive strengths that we gain. So I am going to talk about both both sides of that. So it it isn't all bad news. (laughs) Okay. So, um, probably one of the most universal hard things that kids experience when their parent, I'll just say is ill with their mental illness, right? Rather than stabilized is they can, they tend to experience a lot of neglect. And that's simply because a parent with a prolonged, untreated mental illness, they're kind of consumed by their illness, and they don't mean any harm. They love their children, but there is so much else taking their focus and um, and, um, strength and abilities away from their child. And so without meaning to, they can be rather neglectful of their kids. Some parents are so absorbed in the world, they don't even know where their kids are. One man reported that his mother would be kind of spaced out just thinking about her own stuff and I saw that with my own mom when she first got sick. I saw her sitting on the sofa just literally staring into space. Her brain was changing and her ability to think about anything, even doing dishes, was completely compromised. So obviously she couldn't really pay attention to what was going on in my life because of her brain and what was happening to it. Another lady said her mom was just in her own little world, that she'd listen, sort of, but she'd never really have anything to say. And I experienced that with my mom many times, too, when even in her later life, when her schizophrenia was in the phase we call um, oh gosh, I can't remember the face name now the end phase where the uh, delusions are not there, but there's still these subtle uh, parts of the illness that are there, and those did take away her ability to really have a good two way conversation with someone. I knew another set of teenagers that they were living with their bipolar mom, and she was an alcoholic and not on meds and not doing well. And she would take her welfare checks, cash them at the liquor store, buy liquor, and give the kids candy. And that's what they lived on. And neighbors' food, obviously, that's very neglectful. You know, she wasn't doing well with her illness, so tending to her children's needs was something she wasn't doing, you know. Um, So, how this neglect affects us kids? Well, we kind of learned to self neglect. We learned that our needs are not that important, you know, and that can be a, a lot of trouble in life. I want to talk more about that as I go through this podcast, but in general, we can turn into uh, kind of caretaker personalities. where It's our job to take care of other people because we learn that not only from the neglect, but from the whole relationship. Also, for some of us, we become overreactors at things I definitely got this one where if I don't feel like I'm being heard I will get bigger and stronger and I will be inappropriate sometimes in my response and I know I've done that for people who know me yes and that is my response to feeling not heard feeling neglected and so this is something I've had to work really hard on in myself to rein that back and let it go and say these are these people are not my mother, you know, and, and work on that. Um, Also, some, some of us will let people walk on us and treat us kind of badly again, because we learned our needs were not important. So we can get in some bad relationships because of that. Um, What helped me the most was therapy. I mean, I went to a counselor and she learned, she coached me and helped me to learn that I was important and it, it was not selfish for me to tend to me. It was a good thing. And I learned to do that a lot better. Another thing that some kids who have a parent with mental illness experience is abuse. I hate to say it. The majority of the parents who have mental illness are not abusive, but there are some who are. One nominee sur- survey sur- found that 38% of families reported assaultive and destructive behavior by their ill relative at home. And if they were not taking meds or abusing alcohol, street drugs, it was much more likely. There was another study. It was only thirteen percent, and this was of people who had a mom with mental illness. And about thirteen percent said her mother got aggressive. Again, that's a the minority. You know, that means what is that? Eighty-seven percent were not abusive, but for, for some kids, they do experience abuse. Um, also, um, oh yeah, I do remember another family I knew with a mom bipolar, alcoholic, no meds. And she would, get so upset her, she would take out her um, anger that she was feeling on her oldest child and beat him to the point of bruises and send him out in the summertime with long sleeve shirts to cover it up. I mean, he was definitely abused, that poor kid. That's why we need you to get you on your meds and get this thing balanced because that is no way to treat a child. So, like I said, most people are not this way, but some are. I first, my mother was never abusive to us, hallelujah. So I, she was sweet, a very sweet lady. Also though, some poems, the parent with an illness may not be abusive at all, but they may be passive about protecting the kids from other people who are abusive in the family system or in the neighborhood. So some kids get abused because they're not protected and that's another way the neglect kind of affects the kids. Um, Also, one study where moms had a mental illness, they found that the fathers were much more likely to be angry and verbally abusive to their kids, Um, and I, I do think I experienced that with my own dad. He was, I mean, my dad's a great guy, but when my mom got sick, he was pretty upset, and it came across to me like he was mad at me, although I don't think he was. I think he was just mad about it. But for me, that felt harsh and difficult. So it's very common for us to get upset, right? And as a family unit, take it out on one another. Now, another effect on kids that they commonly have when their parent has a mental illness is they take on roles that really aren't appropriate for children. Sometimes they find themselves as little adults. They call it, um, what do they call it? Parentified, um, that's in my notes somewhere here. (laughs) I'll get to it, but anyway, um, there was a, one study done by this one, two ladies, Margaret Brown and Doris Parker Roberts. They wrote this great book. It's called, very simple title, Growing Up with a Schizophrenic Mother. And uh, they, they found that many of those kids were regu- relegated to roles of surrogate spouse or a parent to their siblings. And yeah, parentified children, that's what it's called. So there's often a role reversal that starts in childhood. So these kids lose out on some of their childhood as a result. Some of the male children feel like they're a surrogate husband, and some of the female children feel like they're relied on them real heavily for emotional support. And it didn't matter whether the mom still had a husband there or not. This this still happened. Uh, another friend of mine, Michelle Dickinson Moravic, she wrote a great book called Breaking Into My Life, about her experience with a mom with a mental illness, and her parents were married, but her dad went to work and. When her mother was, she was bipolar, when she was in her depression state, she had to stay home from high school, like a week at a time, two weeks at a time, to make sure her mother didn't kill herself. So she missed out a lot of school because she was given this role reversal of taking care of her mother instead of her mother taking care of her. So this happens to too many of us kids where we're pushed into a role that kind of robs us of some of our childhood life. I do know the... Of several cases where the oldest child ends up being kind of the parent to the youngest kids, which is unfair, you know? And the kids want their, their real mom, not their sister or brother, or it's usually a sister, to mother them. Um, for me, I definitely developed role reversal my mother. I realized in high school, I think I was around 16, I said, I'm a better parent than my mother, and I became this little adult, and took care of myself, not so much her, but took care of me, although I felt obligated to live with her because I knew she would be lonely if I left and I continued being a caretaker to her emotionally throughout my teens and 20s until I went to therapy and worked on that part of myself. So and I think I lost out in some of the things other people did at that age like I didn't really date, not much, I didn't get married at a young age, I didn't um, do hobbies and sports and things that other high school kids did because I was being a little adult taking care of my mother and myself. Um, so, that's kind of a hard thing that some of us kids experience. It's certainly something we can recover from. I did a lot of work on that part of myself, still am, and you know, we end up we are nice people. We do a lot of nice things for people, so it's not like we become poo heads or anything. We're still good folk okay and another uh common emotion that kids with a parent with mental illness have is actually a lot of guilt and you know what we feel guilty about oh when we say no when we take care of ourselves instead of them when we get a life of our own when we move out when we spend do some boundaries all that stuff oh do we feel guilty it is hard for us we need to do it but we feel so bad for them and so obligated to care for our parent. It is very hard for us. Um, some of us may have had to psychologically amputate some of our family connection just to survive. And so some kids will do that. Alan Alden moved far away from home. And I think he was only in high school and that was his way of probably, you know, going on and living a healthy, good life, even with the circumstances he had in his family unit. So for you, if you have a parent with a mental illness and you feel guilty that you didn't take care of them or you went off and lived your life and, and did whatever you did, I just wanna to say to you, your loved one probably had greater needs than you were capable of providing. And it, it, no one can be their savior. We do have a whole mental health community for that. And that is probably more what your mom and dad needed. So just remember that. You're not the only person on the planet. And there are other people who are trained and paid and there for them. And that's probably who they needed to lean on. Um, so that's kind of the guilt thing. Now, another common emotion us kids of a parent with mental illness have is anger. Oh, yes, we all have a lot of anger. Alan Alder, Alan Alder wrote this about this in his book that even in his 40s and his 50s, he would still respond to his mother with a lot of anger when she used to accuse him of things. Like he he still took it personally, even though we know that she had a mind that was, you know, giving her delusions and making her think things that weren't true. But he's, he was still a human, you know, he still felt angry about it. And he also wrote that he resented her for not being a mother and he felt like he never had a mother. So we may feel guilty or angry that they got sick, right? We got ripped off. We didn't get the parent what other kids got, right? Darn. We may be angry that uh, they weren't really able to parent us and be there for us in the times when we needed them because of their illness. I know I struggled with anger for many years. I guess I just wanted to blame somebody. I'm not sure why I did. I blame my mother. Why you know, she making choices how she deals with her mental illness. Well, you know what? It's a crappy heart illness. It really is. I blamed her parents, you know. I wanted to find some reason and someone to put my frustration and anger at. What helped me is when I got educated. When I wrote my book, Mom and Me, My Journey with Mom's Schizophrenia, I dug deep into the illness and I learned, oh my goodness, how much it is biological. It is not something someone chooses. It's not something somebody does to somebody. It really is... um, involuntary and my mom had no power with this and neither did my grandparents. And it helped me let go of all that anger and have way more compassion for both of them, all of them. Another hard thing that kids often have when their parent has a mental illness, again, all this means an untreated, not well maintained mental illness, so just keep that caveat in there because there are people again with mental illnesses that are doing really well. The kids don't have these effects. But for those who don't, this is what commonly happens uh, is that we have issues with self-esteem um, especially if we have had a lot of anger in the house either from our parent or the spouse or whatever or if there was abuse and we basically internalize if you are mad I must be bad and that becomes our inner lie essentially because our parent yelled at us a lot there must be something wrong with me even though in your brains we will tell ourselves that nothing is in our psyche, we may still feel that, um, and also that may also be from the neglect. Again, I'm not important enough to be cared for, right? So we kind of have low self-esteem from that as well, um, as, with, as if and also if we were victims of anything, right? Another impact of a parent with a mental illness is how it affects who we choose to date and mate. Yep. Yeah. Believe it or not, a lot of us find ourselves drawn to the traits of our ill parent, isn't that something? It's actually true. We humans have a tendency to repeat our painful past in our adulthood and that's known in the psychological community as repetitive compulsion. It's our attempt to fix the past. In other words, we're humans attracted to what is kind of comfortable and because these relationships They present us with opportunities to finish the unfinished business or right what was wrong in the first time around. It's very interesting how we'll do that. So we may be, we often marry people who remind us or are similar to people in our family of origin and especially those we have unfinished business with. So we do need to learn how to be healthy. And so what I want to tell you is if you find yourself, you are married or dating a series with a person who Is got characteristics like an unhealthy person in your childhood, it doesn't necessarily mean you need to dump and run. It could mean you need to finish your your business, right? What is the business? Maybe you need to learn to to say my needs are important. I'm going to expect and ask for and get my needs met, right? Maybe that's what you need to work on. I'm not going to let this person treat me bad. I'm going to tell them how I feel and I'm going to stand up and say it's unacceptable. That is finishing your unfinished business. So it, it, isn't, it isn't something you just end the relationship necessarily. I say you should press through and finish the unfinished business and make yourself healthier as a result. Um, also, even though we may not marry somebody with a mental illness necessarily, but it could be that we date or marry or get involved with people who just need a lot of caretaking, right? Because we're in that role. We just know how to do that. Um, I want to talk more about that in a whole another podcast because that's a whole another one in general about recovery from caretaking because that's, there's a lot I can talk about with that one. Um, Also, we could get involved with someone who's emotionally distant or unengaged or just kind of cold, you know, again, it's kind of what we learn. They weren't quite there. There's like a non-person so we can get involved in in that kind of a person. I can remember in my dating years I had two boyfriends that I would say definitely had mental illnesses and I love them. They were good hearted people, but they had mental illnesses. They were comfortable to me. I understood them. I could look past the mental illness to their heart and soul to see and love them for who they are. Which I do with mental people with mental illnesses. I I see their beauty inside, right? Uh, but I knew that it, I didn't let it get to marriage because I knew that I needed to have someone who who could take care of me and love me in return in the ways I really needed and weren't limited by these, these um, illnesses which they were still plagued with those guys. Um, and once I figured that out I changed my pattern. Um, also it can affect our ability to be in an intimate relationship. We might not even go there because it is so foreign to us, or we're so fearful of it. I know I was, I was scared out of my mind to get married, but that um, was partially because my parents, well the whole thing, my right? family was happy, my mom got parents schizophrenia, she divorced my dad, we went from a nice happy family of four people to no family and blown apart in all the little pieces, so I had divorce and mental illness, right? So for me, I had this huge fear of, if I get married, will something bad like that happen to me again? And so I've had to figure that out about myself and say, talk to myself saying, look, you've got the power to make your marriage good, but who you choose and how you choose to do it. And that helped me to marry my, my two wonderful husbands. I, I married twice. Most people don't say I've got two wonderful husbands, but my first one, he passed from cancer. So I always liked him. And I married a wonderful guy. Uh, Now I'm married to a really good guy. Both of those men had to wait forever for me to commit because I was so fearful from my childhood and what happened and they just were patient and they waited for me and I finally got the courage to say yes, I think we're different. I think we can have a healthy relationship. But all that's from that childhood stuff, right? All right, another emotion us kids often have is grief. Very common. You know what we grieve? Well, we grieve that what we didn't have. I didn't have a relationship with my mentally ill parent that I wanted to have, you know, especially if they never recovered, right? Um, or the relationships with the extended families, or the, say if your mom was mentally ill, the father can be strained. Those strained and um, distant relationships, that can be very sad. Uh, the loss of childhood, again, if this affected our childhood, Loss of nurturing, again, if we didn't have that. Um, if it strained our relationships with our siblings, right? And loss of a role model, of having somebody who was a good role model for, for me to live up to, right? Those are all things we can really be kind of sad about. I was pretty uh, not aware of how sad I was until, I, again, I wrote my book, and oh, man, did the tears fall. But it was good tears. I got a, a lot of stuff that I was holding, and it helped me to come to peace with all that. Now, as I mentioned, a good number of folks who get married and have a mental illness, well, so, you know, a good number of them end up divorced. And also, a lot of people with mental illnesses do die. And as a matter of fact, they say people with schizophrenia live on average 25 years less than the general population. And they're like more likely to die of suicide and of health issues. Either they neglect their health or they're living a more risky lifestyle, you know, depending on how they're living their life where they may just, like my mom, she avoided the doctors. <laughs> and so she didn't really take good care of her health. Amazingly, she lived to 80 years old, which is just good. I guess I yelled at her enough about the most important things. But um, so yeah, p- people with mental illnesses may commonly not live as long as others. So if they have children, we, we lose them too soon, right? And also if there's divorce, divorce affects us kids as well. That's another podcast itself, I suppose. Uh, on affect divorce on kids. Um, another common issue that us kids who have a parent with mental illness have is we can develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress dis- uh, syndrome. I think I wrote that wrong, post-traumatic stress disorder, <laughs> like it's a D, not an S. Uh, anyway, and I do think I had that as well from my years when I lived alone with my mom and she was really sick. It was really stressful for me to come home every day and hear her say nutty crazy things every single day and have be alone with that at 14, 15 years old. So for me I became very numb and shut off my emotions which is one of the things people do often when they've gone through a lot of overwhelming um, trauma. Um, I did a lot of masking like I would a happy face with other people but inside I was not happy. Um, Some of my memories were blocked. Um, I was actually painfully shy which nobody believes that about me but it's true in high school I was painfully shy. My grades weren't that great at that time Um, and these were all my effects of the stress and um, so uh, I, I did recover from all that when I moved in with my dad my grades shot up to almost straight A's I became much more outgoing. Eventually, I lost the weight I'd gained while I was with my mother. I became—I finally opened up a lot about my feelings. So, all that's certainly recoverable stuff, but it is stuff that we do sometimes go through. Um, so, again, all this depends on a lot of things. You know, how old was the child when the parent got sick? How exposed were they during their sick years? How were they tended to or not during those years? How well did? How long did it take for a parent to get stable? You know, if the parent's doing really well with their mental illness, they can be a phenomenal parent. Absolutely phenomenal parent. There's no question about it. But that's the key, is getting to that point. And that's a tough road. We know it is. Now, it's not all bad news. Some of us kids developed a lot of cool strengths because of what we went through. Many of us became very independent, and that's a good thing it's kind of like we have a lot of confidence. Because we became little adults as a young age, we're not afraid to go and do things and try things and take on things. And so we can accomplish quite a lot in our lives because of that. So in a way it's kind of good because we were kind of entrusted with too much responsibility, but we rose up to it. A lot of us tend to be less judgmental because we love our, our parent who had had an illness. And so we, you know, we're more sympathetic to other people who have difficulties like that. We tend to be more selfless people because we learn to give and so we're good givers which you know it's pretty nice people really. Um, we may be very sensitive to how other people feel again because we were always paying attention to our mentally Ill parents so we kind of develop this intuitiveness and this uh, radar if you will of how everybody is feeling maybe too much really. We can be very assertive very strong, strong-willed, very motivated. Like I said, I know people in this category who are high-level, very successful executives, uh, very good computer project managers, authors, and I'm sure there's all the professions in the world. There was a study done in 2009, and it said that 80% of the people who had a parent with a mental illness were functioning quite well as adults. So you know, most of us do recover and do do okay. They also found that kids who had a good sense of humor did a little better. <laughs> so it's good to not be too serious. Now, they also, that same 2009 study um, looked at what was the most common, uh, most helpful thing for us kids who had a parent with a mental illness. And you know what it was? We had somebody else step in and parent us. Yeah. So the kids who did well had someone else pick up the ball. When our parent was really ill and not doing good, somebody else stepped in and parented us. It could be the other parent. It could have been grandparents. It could have been extended family. But there was somebody else. Those of us who said that, we ended up doing pretty well. Isn't that cool? I love that. Um, So that's a good thing. Again, in my case, my dad stepped in and took over when, he, it took him a little while to figure it out, but he only you know, about three years. But then he did take over and took parenting responsibility for me and he helped me tremendously when he did that. Um, other helps is any kind of support the kids got, like someone just to talk to. You know, if, if kids have someone to tell what they're going through, that's very helpful. I had a best friend going through all this who I told everything to. Now she had no idea what to say because, you know, she's just a friend. I also talked to my guidance counselor at school, who again, didn't know what to say. I mean, she was a grade guidance counselor, right? But she listened and that was really helpful to me. So I did have some people and eventually I got involved in a youth group and had a community and told those kids about my life. Um, also education is so helpful. I didn't have this, but if kids learn more about the illness and why they are the way they are it helps them with things like that anger right and some of the um, yeah probably the anger the most more than anything else and just to know how to handle the, all the whole the whole world if uh, kids had siblings that they could lean on that sometimes that was a really good life safe you know like like together they compare and say this is the real reality and they, it helped them to cope Also, many kids found that using their talents helped them to cope, like getting involved in their interests, you know, poems. For me, I wrote a lot of poems. I wrote a lot of songs. I got involved in youth group. Some people got into sports. Alan Aldo left and went and got into acting. You know, he followed his own path. And that can be very therapeutic for kids and helpful for them to overcome and be resilient. Um, Counseling is very helpful for kids if they get a lot of times we're, we're not the ones who get the counseling, but we do need it. It helps us to cope. And, and then some kids just are more resilient by nature. It isn't really about anything. It's just kind of our DNA and the way we're made, which is interesting. So if a couple is getting divorced and one has a mental illness and one doesn't, who should get custody of the children? This is something a lot of people debate about and it is a hard subject. I say both are equally able to feel love for their children. I know my mother always loved me every day, no matter how sick she was. And that was great. I'm so glad I had her love my whole life. But I will say that if a parent has a mental illness and they're just not doing well with their illness, you know, their symptoms are very overwhelming, it's taking all their attention, it's hard for them to take care of themselves. Then I think it would help them as well as their children if someone else would take responsibility for the kids and let them have that time to work on getting themselves at a good spot, a good spot getting them on good meds if that works or good therapy or treatment that helps them being productive and uh, get those symptoms so they're able to manage them. And then if they are, if they have those managed, yeah they could be a phenomenal parent, absolutely. So I think that you know it's the old depends thing and the best thing is to get as healthy as possible. Now a lot of courts just automatically give custody to a mom, right? And if the mom has a mental illness and she's not doing well and they're getting divorced from her husband, I think the dads, a lot of times they don't get custody because they don't even ask for it, you know? And I think that they should, they should in that case. Um, and it can be hard, it can be difficult to prove that they're, someone's not doing well in their illness, that, that's a hard thing. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a hard subject, but those are my thoughts <laughs> on that. So again, how did I heal from this? Well, probably the best thing I did is get to a counselor and talk through my, about my background and learn to heal from the parts of me that were affected by this, learn to be less of a caretaker, to take better care of myself, you know, do boundaries um, and things like that. I did a lot of limits with my mom, which helped both of us to be healthier believe it or not. She needed me to trust her to take care more of her life and she did well. And education helped me a lot. Learning about these illnesses does help. Um, so that's my little advice on um, the two books that I highly recommend on this subject. One is called Growing Up with a Schizophrenic Mother, which I already mentioned, by Margaret J. Brown and Doris Parker Roberts. These ladies did a survey and a little study and of people with a schizophrenic mother, mother and they published the results and they showed all these trends. A lot of that I covered in this podcast. It's a great book. Another really good book is called My Parents Keeper, Adult Children of the Emotionally Disturbed, but really it means mentally ill. That's by Eva Marion Brown. This is a good self-help book. If you had a parent with a mental illness, you should have read that book, My Parents Keeper, Eva Marion Brown, because she talks about how to heal from the effects. Oh, it's so good. And that's it for today. I hope that was helpful to you or ins- gave you some insight, maybe, you might not have been aware of. Um, I mean, well, I, this is all my heart's desires to help people. That's why I do this podcast, and I certainly hope I help someone today. I'd love feedback anytime. You can email me at georgas at comcast.net, and I will respond if you do. And uh, check in next time for another topic. God bless.